So James, we I am so excited. Good morning, Christopher. Oh, right. I always feel like I miss the good morning. Why is that? Because you just barrel ahead and try to run run me over like the truck. Yeah, so we always do our, So today we have trash truck day. It's trash day. <laughs> uh, which doesn't mean anything about me, I hope. Anyways. Oh, oh, the, oh, oh I guess that's a whole different meaning now. But today we have a very special guest, Melinda Hurd, and also our very first female guest. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Did you notice your mug, how pretty it is? I love it. It's beautiful. It's pink. Yes. James, do you like your pink mug? Oh, no, I can't. <laughs> It also says, another lovely day. Does that it's, make you feel happy there? It's phenomenal, Christopher. <laughs> All right, one more thing before we get started. So, I know I'm one of those uh, crazy people that still go to church once in a while, but I went to church this Sunday for the first time in a year. Congratulations. And I was a little surprised at what I saw. What did you see? I saw a bunch of elderly people yeah. sharing from the same chalice. Yes, unbelievable. Wow. I thought we were going to have like some non-communion church. Yeah. Nope, everybody, it's just like normal. Everybody wore a mask right up to it. And then they went ahead and shared. That seems like it kind of defeats the purpose of the mask. Yes, but I got a question. Have you ever heard this before? People do not get sick when they do communion from the communion. Now they'll get sick elsewhere maybe three days later but not what they get uh, they get sick elsewhere but not i don't understand what you're what your oh, three is day. you know how viruses you don't feel it for three days but oh. have you ever heard yeah. that before that you don't get sick from oh. community no <laughs> um i think that's going to be fact-checked yes i think it should be <laughs> anyways i just thought it was a little unusual i mean i i I actually didn't go up for communion well they're probably all they probably all have their vaccinations yeah you're probably right about that uh, you think uh, the population over 65, 70 has all been vaccinated by now? Hey, let's do a poll. Melinda, yeah. have you been vaccinated? Not yet. James, James, have you been vaccinated? Yes, I have one shot. Christopher, have you been vaccinated? No, I have no, no. shots. You. <laughs> Judge goes tomorrow. Oh, okay. So people that don't know Judge is uh, Melinda's husband. Well, now that's out of the bag. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Melinda's <laughs> reputation is ruined. <laughs> Why did you marry him? <laughs> I well, I met him when I was 14. What? 14? That's crazy. Yeah. He was very bad child. In was school. he was it like in high school? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're high school sweethearts. Oh. Well, that makes two of the three of us then. Where did you meet your wife, Christopher? I met mine in college. Yeah, too late. Uh, back to Melinda. <laughs> so you met him in high school? Yeah. He I was feel like I should know that. Very bad boy. Wait, wait, what? Yeah, were you attracted to bad boys when you were young? No. Okay, so my job was to get the children out of the classroom. I worked for the dean that were misbehaving, and he was one of the oh, you children. Were like the, oh, you were like the, you were like the hall monitor, like the snitch. The narc. <laughs> it sounds like you were the bad one. Not no, she was snitch. the pot. She high was school the rules. Not the snitch. Oh, not the snitch. I never, I never told. I My job was, here's the slip. Go get this kid from the classroom. Oh, you had a job in the office. Well, You worked for the system. Of, oh, yes. <laughs> I got a job in the office, too. Let's, let's be, let's be I got clear. perfect attendance that year. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Am I supposed to believe that? Oh, that's true. All right. 
Thank you, Horizon High School. <laughs> he, he was always causing trouble. <laughs> but let, let's be clear, though. You're working in the office, but you're a student, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's no, like, not for pay. You know, just volunteer. No, I, yeah, yeah. You have. You t- yeah, that's like what I used to do. You, it's like a class almost. For me, uh, they used to have study hall, so I had a choice of working in the office and getting perfect attendance, or going to study hall and having a lot of absences. Oh. Oh. So, <laughs> so this isn't real perfect attendance. This is. Uh, Manufactured? Granted, yes. Okay, I see. Oh my gosh, you're working. You're working the system too. I get it. <laughs> so you you worked in the office and you played the office and <laughs> and I, you were just out of the scene, huh, James? No, I own the art room. When my, my oh. the first time my my wife saw me, she walked in the art room with her friends oh. and she looked up at this guy with a beard and she thought that I was the art teacher, and immediately fell in love with me. So the wow. moral of the story is. Come from a place of authority and get them young, and then they're you know they're too weak to resist. Wait, did, oh wait, wait. So under that rule, did, did judge did judge give a uh, vibe of authority? Yeah, I think so. So it started then. Women like that. Oh, am I wrong? Um, they they don't so. want it to dominate them, but they right. do like men that give a presence. Yeah. <laughs> you speaking for all women there, Melinda? Melinda? No. No. Okay. <laughs> No, I think she's right, though. I do. I do think she's right. I mean, I mean, generally speaking. But I think men. Yes, men, Chris. Although, please, please continue. <laughs> men can go either way. You know, I don't think they. Men can think go either way. That. It's on record. I don't and think you they still even, haven't worn a skirt. <laughs> James has been trying to get me to wear a skirt for a couple months now. So I said no. Wear a kilt. I know. I said not, I, not a skirt. That's so not. we had a guy on here once. And he was talking about he wanted to get a kelp. I said, you want to go shopping together? And he gave me a big no. <laughs> I love kilts. Really? Yeah. I think they're amazing. Yeah. I'm going to get one. You know what? I'm not, I'm not a fan. I love them. Why do you love them? I don't know. <laughs> I almost bought one when I was in um, I love the main look, ones. The look of it. You know, I, my, my problem is I, I think I, I know that I would look terrible in them. So maybe that's why I despise them so much. That's not true. Oh, you don't oh, like no, it legs, is completely James? true. No. No, it, oh, no. I love my legs. My legs are amazing. <laughs> have you seen you my legs? Biker. You have biker legs. So. I have amazing legs. You don't judge yourself. I think you would look great in kilt. If I <laughs> don't I, judge myself, I'm who waiting, is going to? When you get yours, I want to see it immediately. Not anymore, but once upon a time, I used to get compliments compliments on my rear side. Oh, I wish geez. I had worn one back then. Who complimented you on your butt? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Once upon a time, I used to work out, and when you do squats, you get nice what? Buns. Quads or whatever. Okay, yeah, buns. Am I wrong? No, yeah, you're right. <laughs> this is all she shaking her head. Yes, yes you're right. <laughs> She's just going along. <laughs> no, I'm too narrow on top. The the skill the skirt the, the skirt the uh, kilt flares out at the bottom, so it just it would just highlight my narrowness. Then you could wear a shirt with right. That doesn't help. With fluffy. You know, I would need like an extra foot of width that's on top to counteract. I'm not uh, Liam Neeson. Okay, Liam Neeson can pull that stuff off, but I I can't. If you have a fluffy top, is fluffy it called top. a blouse anymore? <laughs> Do men wear blouses? What's it called when you have the fluffy top? If it's blousey, like the poet shirt, it's a blouse. Well, I have actually one. It's a black one. I bought it years ago at the Renaissance Fair. Oh, and it's got the poofy arms. I I rather like to wear it. Are you, are you the Dread Pirate Roberts or something? <laughs> I like it so much. I talked my son into going to the uh, Renaissance Fair here in Phoenix, 
By the way, it's not a Renaissance fair. They call it a Renaissance fair. They should call it a Fantasyland fair. They should. I've been there. Yeah, it's not. It's not Renaissance. It, but, it, but if you're into fantasy, it's a great place to go. Anyways, and I and I bought him a shirt too. Though I've only seen him wear it a couple times. He must not appreciate it like I do. Yeah. No, let's talk about that. So you didn't like the the fair, or you did like the fair? No. What the Renaissance fair? Yeah. Um. Not. No. I thought it was just okay. Well, I did, I, the food yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, was, the food. didn't match the time. No. They had hot dogs. Yes. Burgers. No, I no. don't want that at Renaissance Where's the fair. turkey leg that was yes. around during the oh, Renaissance? Oh, hang on a second. Wait, what, <laughs> which Renaissance fair are you talking about? The one the here. The one here. Yeah, the one that's out on, uh, uh, was it? Uh, it's almost down in Tempe almost, right? Yeah. yeah they didn't have the turkey east. legs? Yes. When did you guys go? Uh, Probably 12, uh, 2012. 2013? Yeah. Yeah, I probably went around... They used to have the turkey legs, the massive turkey legs. Hmm. No, but they had other things. It just was Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was was a normal concession. It was like a carnival almost. There was a a Star Wars figure dressed up in Renaissance clothes. I mean, that's how wacky That would be kind of fun. And they had a mermaid. Did you see the mermaid? I don't remember. They had a mermaid. I actually waited in line, not because I was so interested in it. I wanted to see what the heck they were talking about. And sure enough, they talked some girl into wearing this long, rubbery, very fish-like uh, rubber thing on her limbs. And she she looked like, she actually looked like a mermaid. But is that the Renaissance Fair? No. I no. Guess, okay. Well, what do you... We want to feel like we're back. Yeah. What do you, in oh, 15th so, century. Oh, you want the, yeah. all the odors and scents. And, yes. yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Why would you the want that? The smell of horses. That's what we want. The uh, one in California in Pomona. Near, it's the one basically for Los Angeles. It caters to Los Angeles population. When I go, it is pretty authentic. I mean, they have, well, it's L.A., so they have great musicians. Um, they have a recorder, a wood, you know, wood recorder group yes. that plays. Bagpipes. Yes. They have um, bagpipes. Lutes floating around. Bagpipes. And <laughs> what's that? I said I love bagpipes. I made I made a grimace when you said bagpipes. Oh, I like bagpipes too. Oh, you too. It's all about the drone. Look, <laughs> taking a sheep's stomach drone. and sticking some pipes in it does not a musical instrument make. Yes, it does. No. <laughs> I get. I was traumatized one time. I was at a very fancy restaurant in Houston, and they had a. Uh, bunch of bagpipe people come in and play and they were like standing right on top of me oh that's not good and they were terrible no bagpipes sound best across an open field i think you're absolutely right about that like at least one field away I, in the I, distance i used to live in redondo beach for a short while and they had and i lived across the street from a huge park with lots of grass and behind it was the ocean and most sundays when the weather was warm there was a bagpipe player that wake me up around oh. not wake me up but I'd hear it like nine o'clock in the morning. I loved it with the me? ocean. Yes. That's right. An open field. I would love that. Oh, I really did. Okay. That, I, I could, I could be down with that, but you know, it's interesting. These indigenous sounds, you know, every, a lot of different places have indigenous, indigenous sounds and the bagpipe, I think is one of them. Right. Yes. Uh, and then you have Indian, you, there, there what are all the these. Diggery do. I love that too. The didgeridoo. That's interesting. But you know, I, I, we I have, I've, I've been, you used to have one. Yeah. Where did you get it? Offline. Oh, you bought it online. Yeah. What made What made you say today? I'm going to go online and buy a diggery do. What made What was it, what, what pulled that along? I love the sound of the didgeridoo, but I like very earthy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sounds and 
And because I do meditation. Oh, So right. these all things connect. And then you brought your, I don't remember what you call them. Sound bowls. Sound bowls. Okay. Yeah. I was going to call I, them symbols, but I, I, I knew that's I didn't realize what. that's what those were. I, I'm really excited to hear those. How are oh, we good. Do we can just, do it later. At the second, end? maybe the second break or something. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, go ahead. I like it how we're being so polite today, James. <laughs> well, Melinda brings out the best in us. That's true. true. Melinda, listening to you, I'm yeah. reminded uh, of our first few encounters thinking this is a totally normal woman. But then once in a while you drop a word that threw me off. Oh. So you say words once in a while, which make me stop and pause and think that you're not American. She's American. Where are, no, where are you from, Melinda? <laughs> say yard. Yard. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I, Does that I, sound? No, no, you're right. I hear I'm it. suspicious now. But I tell me if I'm wrong. When you're around a bunch of people that speak a certain way, do you slowly adapt how they're talking? I do that. Like if you go down south, like to Georgia, after like a little while, you don't like start have a little draw. Oh my gosh. No, it's really funny because I lived in Virginia and because they have such heavy um, Southern accent. Yeah, yeah. Um, they couldn't understand me and I couldn't understand them. That's like, like when I go to Ireland. We're in different countries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you were, weren't you? Well, you know, I used to live um, overseas. Mm -hmm. Oh, I will show you a picture of my um, yeah. father. He was a musician. You know, you know that. I don't know that, no. I knew that. Oh. Sax, right? Yeah. Oh, see, so I, I remember. I have, I have photograph on my Let's iPad. Um, so James wants to know. So I am, so my, my grandparents, my mother's parents are from Scotland. And oh. my, my papa, my father, um, he's Iroquois, Native American and African American. So where did they meet? My, my parents. Your parents, yeah. After World War Two, mm -hmm. in Europe. No, here in America. So you were born here. Mm -hmm. See, oh, I told you. She okay, was American. but you have that accent. Yeah. So you spent some formative you years where you, where you were raised. You spent yeah. some formative years or in my mother's tongue. Oh right. Oh, I thought you you lived in England, didn't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Not Scotland. I thought there was a tie to the Celts. She, she has heavy um, accent. <laughs> What's There's, that called? The Scottish? Is it, well, they talk a lot with their throat. Yeah. You do not talk with your throat. No. <laughs> I've never been to Scotland. It's something of a place I've always wanted to go. But you have. I'm actually wanting to go next year. Oh. Yeah. Um, when Jay graduates from high school, I would like to spend half my time there and half my time in Phoenix. Wow. For the rest of your life. Yeah. In Scotland. Half, half <clears throat> my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. do you have a, a place to, a residence there? No. Is I'm that going, going to be something in the near future? I'm going to see. I have, since, since I have, if you have ancestors. Right, you got the passport going on. You have that advantage because there are laws about foreigners coming and purchasing oh. land. So like, if you are not from the commonwealth well if you're not from the commonwealth you are not allowed to purchase they, there's so many rules because if you have and i do not have <laughs> the 
millions and millions of dollars. Like, you know. But Scotland's an affordable place, right? I don't know. Is it? I think it is. I think it's comparable. To Phoenix. So I can understand Scotland having some reservation about foreigners coming in and buying their land. Thank you, England. It's not Uh, the easiest thing to do anyways. It's the, yeah, it's the entire United Kingdom. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're part of the Commonwealth, you can. But if you, you know, from all of their... Well, I, I got a question. I don't know if you know this. The Russians are buying up London like crazy. Yeah, well, that, yeah. That's, so they, there is a way in. Oh, yeah, but that's that's if London. If you have the money, you can do anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's just a rule that I guess I, yeah. I, I should all, you know, we all know. Yeah. I, I do not have the money. Oh, right, 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 right. You know what? The, I, I work the for great, a living. Well, the great thing about if you do go to Scotland and purchase property, you pay taxes when you buy the property. And then you never pay them again until you sell it. So no one can ever take that land away from you. No one can do anything. It's it's yours. For, I love that. That's good. That's nice. It's almost like New York real estate, except they never pay taxes. <laughs> There's something magical about it to me personally, which is why I want to be there. Um, I love America. There's so much beauty here. I did ask Judge, could we get a recreational vehicle like you have and maybe just tour the whole country? There's so much I want to see. You could actually get a really big van and do that. There are lots of options. Big vans. You should listen to our next podcast because we're actually talking specifically about this topic. That's right. Pop sub. Wow. Like I want to go to Maine. Oh, I love Maine. Yeah. They have a great summer. Unfortunately, it's only two weeks long. I know. I'm a little I'm a little hesitant on Maine because their mosquitoes there are murderous. That's a problem. Oh, I mean, I, I remember notice. when we were leaving Maine, well, I think I'm more susceptible than most, so it this may be just a warning for other people who are more susceptible you should shower like me. Less. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't work. I think that makes it worse. Anyway. But yeah, I'll, I'll shower less. Um No, on our way out, we were driving away and I had a mosquito who was desperately trying to break my wind, my car window to get to me. Oh, and they're big He would not let go. Yeah, no, he just was bam, bam, bam. I was like, we're getting out of here. I never went, drove so fast in my life. You're right. I forgot about that. There are mosquitoes back east that will try to go right through that screen. Over and over. Yeah. Like a monster. I think up and down the eastern seaboard. Oh, no, no. It was much worse in Maine. Just worse in Maine. And they're bigger you say they were a little bigger i mean they're not like alaskan size uh but they were definitely bigger and much more aggressive and deet they're like uh yeah no that's like uh that's breakfast that's like a dressing that's for like them. Wow. <laughs> that's funny okay maybe i change my mind <laughs> <laughs> no 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 maine is beautiful as long as you stay on the coast because uh my father-in-law has has a house not too far right on the water actually but my point is is that i don't remember being mosquitoes but it was probably because i was on the beach because I was on the beach, so it's not there. So I think once you go inland or on one of the little islands, you have beautiful little islands there. Yeah. Um, anyways, as, as I said, I'm more susceptible than most. They really do find me. I'm very, I must be very sweet or something. But uh, have so you ever don't, heard that they're attracted to people that wear blue and eat bananas? No. You have the craziest things you okay, say. Okay, I had heard this, and I'm not kidding you. I was in Yosemite one time with a buddy of mine. Yeah. This is a true story, James. I'm not, I'm not make believe. And I, 
And I'm looking at him in front of me because he's Greek and he likes to wear blue. Yeah, and yeah. So he's got all this blue on. <laughs> we had eaten bananas that day and we were all pointing and laughing at him because he looked like despot. You know, uh, what's it, pin pen yeah. with all the dust? But there were just millions of mosquitoes all around him and we were all like, <laughs> laughing and pointing. That's funny. <laughs> So I think it's a true the story. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I think I need a little break right now because right, I just, I over. need, I need a little break from Christopher for just for, just for a moment. <laughs> Life getting you down. Is your head always drooping towards the floor? And then seeing your horrible floor just makes you feel that much worse. What to do? Don't change you. That's too much work. Change your floor instead. Go Rageous Flooring is happy, sunny, exciting, rejuvenating flooring. They make flooring fun again. Woohoo! Go Rageous Flooring. For one, you just can't bear to look at your old, horrible floor anymore. You'll be so happy, you won't ever look at your floor again. Whoopee. That's GoRageousFlooring.com. GoRageousFlooring. G-O-R-A-G-E-O-U-S.com. So, all right. So Melinda just showed us a picture of her son, good-looking young man, and he's wearing brother. a yarmulke. Oh, that was his son or brother? Was son. that Jay? Son. Oh, okay, okay. And he had a yarmulke on, and I thought, I was surprised. I didn't know that he was Jewish. <laughs> you trying to re- recreate the moment we had off camera? Yeah. Well, it's not going to happen. Anyways, um, I was I was really funny and I said, oh, sometimes I come out Jewish, but it doesn't make any sense out of context. <laughs> Do you want me to leave that in, James? Hey, man, you're the editor. <laughs> All right. So I can't control what you do. Melinda, you've been showing this, uh, these great pictures of your family. So you come from a long line of musicians. Yeah. And you were saying your dad was a sax player. And tell us a little bit about him. Um. Well, he was born in... 1919 a little while ago (laughs) (laughs) and so he um his his papa passed away early and so he was raised by his mother Iroquois Native American and um she died and he joined the service a lot of I mean that's kind of the American tradition right if if all else fails join the military yeah yeah. So my uncle and my papa, that's what they did. And they learned how to be musicians in the military or they, beforehand? Oh, before. They oh, already knew. Yeah. Let me see if I can Google. Can I ask a question about uh, American uh, uh, American Indian music? Yes. The only thing I'm familiar with is the the flute, the, American, the Native American flute. Is that common amongst all tribes or is that just a... Oh, so that that's like a continental instrument. And, and now you just, know I, can I interject a little bit. Oh, sorry, Melinda, we can't hear your nodding. Oh yes, <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so, so sorry. Oh, thank God, Christopher's finally gone. Um, now we can really talk. Uh, yeah. So that as I was, I was trying to say, what's this is, that? This is Uncle. Mm-hmm. Oh, here we go. All right. So, <laughs> sorry. Coincidentally, James. I have a Native American flute. I know. Oh, oh, of course you do. We yeah. had him on as a guest. Right. I was here for that. So he he was. Uh, uh, we had a guest a little while ago, uh, Amrit Jade, an old friend of mine, and he started making American flutes. So 
um, he did me the favor, but he thought I was doing him a favor. And when I went out of town for a week, he stayed here and he took my old flute and he bore a hole in the top of it and filled it with turquoise. Oh, is that cool or what? That's it's nice. a little so diamond shape. Lovely. Yeah. And it was one, I think this was his third flute he ever made. Now he makes wow. tons of them, like Can hundreds of them. Can I just hear you play a little? Oh, I, I don't want to play it. Just, oh, just no. I'm never going to do this again. All right. Yeah. I, I will play. Thank you. I'm so not embarrassed. <laughs> I'm glad you, I'm glad I'm glad you did that because the, the point I've been trying to make this is the third third time I've tried to make it, it make it is that these native in- instruments like the bagpipes and I can't I can't think of oh indigenous you're saying indigenous, yeah. Yeah, indigenous, indigenous. Yeah. of those of that group of instruments really the American pipe is the only one that I kind of like oh really the other ones I find interesting and I can listen to for a little while but I really don't want to listen to them for that long because it seems kind of repetitive but the flute. Uh, and I, and I, I listen to it now and again and different just on YouTube and dumb places like that. But I always find it that there's a pretty, it always has the same sound, but it ha, it can be done in different contexts. So it really sounds different. It seems like it has a broader, um, musical path or something. I'm not sure exactly what I'm saying. I, I guess I, I just like it. Linda, what do you think about the flute? I love the flute. So do I. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> and what Melinda said earlier, it sounds very earthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it almost has a magical quality to it. Like the drum, to too. I love the drum. Oh, right. Mm. Of course. Very earthy. Earthy. But the thing is about the flute is because you, you, you can play it like most people do melodically, but you can also play into it in a way that's more percussion sounding oh. with flutters and ticks and... Depending on what culture you're hmm. listening to, you can do some pretty crazy fun things. That's, I've even yeah. heard um, bebop flute before, which is <laughs> so fun. You ever heard that? No, oh. no. I guess that's the advantage to having a more musical mind like you. I, 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 I can't um, verbalize what I'm hearing, or I can't, <clears throat> can't even really quantify it. I just know that it's, <laughs> it's different. And also, one of the other things, I think you can drag it out more, so it's more of a almost not a background sound, but. Uh, uh, meditative sound, mm-hmm. like a tone. You can you can drag a tone out, and it's just the tone that you're kind of warbling with. Yeah. Well, they have uh, flutes that are like double flutes, where they have like a drone, like we were talking about the bagpipes earlier. So they'll pick a key. One flute will be like the drone and hold one note. Yeah, those are my chickens in the background. <laughs> and um, and then they put the melody over the top, and I, I love that too, because um, I always feel like that's very relaxing to listen to. Now you you do a lot of work with meditating, right? Melinda? I do, I do. Um. <laughs> Somebody's getting ready to lay an egg. <laughs> oh, is that what that is? I think so. Okay. <laughs> you get all your eggs from the chickens, except during Easter, because we only have one girl that lays white eggs. All the rest of them are brown, different shades of brown. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So with the meditation. Yes, meditation. So, um, I've been practicing meditation for at least 40 years. 
Okay. And um, in my practice when I had it, people that were like really stressed or just needed to release the mind chatter, I would do this um, exercise, exercise with whomever would, would allow me to. And I noticed feedback that I would get um, would be that, oh no, would be that um, they felt calmer, more peaceful, and more able to remove the thoughts from the brain because there's so much, you know, society, so much in society that, um, you're telling me, I sometimes feel like I have 25 tabs open in my brain (laughs) from the browser. A lot of noise. Lots of, lots of noise. So when you practice meditation, um, at some point thoughts start to dissipate. And they're not there. And you just feel like you are so part of the sensory perception um, connection. Like I'm looking at your bougainvillea. Oh. And I'm feeling so connected to it. It's beautiful. And your trees. Thank you. Yeah. I do love my bougainvillea. Do you know I handpicked the colors out specifically? That particular color is all around my house because I have to have that color. I do too. <laughs> I do the same thing. You, I, I will show you a picture of mine. Yes. Oh my Which, God. Is yours this or do you have the purpley one? I the, have purple, white, pink. Oh, you have a selection. Two types of pink. <laughs> oh. This is so funny we're talking about this because uh, we just planted four bougainvillea at my house. <gasps> what color? Oh, they're all pink or red. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't really get a chance to have input on that. My wife did all this on her own. Yeah. And she says, well, it has to be the same color. And I was like, yes. no, 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 no. But not, not Melinda, you like variety. I yeah. want a gradation. If we have four plants, I want one, you know, starting from white and a gradation to, to, to pink or red. I thought that, I thought that would have been awesome. But no, no, it's just the homogeny oh, of right. pink. I saw one in California that was cream colored once. Yeah, I was at a I was at a wedding actually, and they had all these cream colored bougainvillea. I'm like, I did not know. Well, you know those Californians, they get <laughs> the wacky. The leaves were also white. They had little white, uh, yellow, little yellow stripes on them. Drive past my house, right in the front, you'll see pink, but next to it is yellow, mm-hmm. yellow, yellow. You know, you yeah. Now at your house, going back to the meditation, do you do you have people visit your house and you do med- meditation there now? Because I, I know I used to, but um, because of COVID, yeah, that's what. It, yeah, I have had no guests. It's been so sad. The, the thing with the pandemic is yoga for a lot of people is uh, also a social. There's a social aspect to it where you get together with a group of people and you kind of support each other. Yes. Yes. And then you all get together and you purposely together. Yes try to make this connection with the world around us without all that extra noise. Yeah. And so the sad part about this is the pandemic has made it not financially viable for these places to stay open. Yes. Even though they're organic in nature. (laughs) I know. Even though they're organic in nature, the problem is someone has to pay the rent. Yeah. Because these buildings aren't free. And the lawn care bill and... You know, there's so much. I have a question then, based yeah. on everything I just said. A lot of the gyms 
um, in California and some here in Phoenix um, because of the whole COVID thing and everything else. They've really pulled all of their stuff outside in the front. I don't know why a lot of these yoga organizations didn't go. We have some beautiful parks here in Phoenix. And I know it's unbearable in the summer for some people, but tell me if I'm wrong. Yoga, when you really get in the moment, temperature doesn't really matter. Why haven't they gone to the parks? I don't know. I, I think uh, you may be forgetting that it took a really long time for us to come to terms with the fact that outdoor gatherings were safe. I, I, for the longest time, people thought any kind of congregation inside or outside would be uh, would spread the disease. But and really, it's only been in the past month that the the science has caught up with this, and and people are now saying the CDC is now saying it's okay to congregate outside as long as you're not too close to people without masks. Yeah, but and it's kind the of funny. gyms it's, have been doing it for six months though. Uh, They're doing I, in California every parking lot that had, used to have a gym in the building. The gym's unused, but the parking lot's packed with people doing exercises, workout bicycles. Okay, but California everything. wasn't the model. They they had a pretty bad spike in infections last year. Fair enough. But what about Phoenix? Same thing? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah I just actually saw the statistics yesterday. Per million uh, infections, we're one of the worst. Arizona, California, and New York on like the top, you know, 3.3. 3. As far as getting the disease. Yeah. But not as far as people passing I don't away. know. I don't know. I think, I think that was just a contraction. I don't think that was mortality. But Tell me million, if you've heard this. There's only one confirmed case in the whole world where somebody caught it outside. I don't I think that's that's probably not true. <laughs> Man, you where are you, <laughs> where are you getting your stuff from? I read these. Now that you one I got from the reading. internet. I think you, you just, nor, oh, 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 that came from the internet. So that's okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Just the opposite. I'm saying is that I read stuff from books or actually, you know, reputable websites. This one I actually just had read somewhere. Yeah. randomly online. So I don't know. I, obviously, I thought it was not true, but I thought I'd throw it out there just the same. Getting back on track. So your business was hurt. Yes. Do you think you will be able to get back on soon? Perhaps not because I am um, at the age that I am. I don't know. You're ready to go to Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to retire and... <laughs> Well, let's talk about your per career path because I, I probably don't have a good grasp on it, but I do know you have a lot of different threads going on. You have nonprofits, you have teaching, you have meditation. So let's, let's walk through Melinda's career path. Can we talk through your nonprofit? Cause you have a great one. Oh yeah. With the, the high school students and so whatnot. The, the nonprofit is still open. I didn't Perfect. close it. Um, and I'm still connected into the Phoenix school system, which I wanted to talk about the meditation with the school system. Oh. Just when I was getting the schools online with, that's why I brought the bowls. Because this is something I would do with the, with the children. Um, the suicidal children, the ones yes. that were in crisis. That's a lot big problem right now in the United States, yes? Yes. So I have... First, the tool bag that you know about that has contents in it, uh, tools for teens to help them take their mind off of, I guess, whatever they're going through. And 
the crisis counselors and I decided because they've all been to the studio and have experienced, you've experienced too. I have, yes. Um, reflexology, meditation, just being in that energy and they they loved it and wanted to incorporate it into the curriculum. So we just started oh. the January of 2020 with with the bowls and the meditation. And so then how does merged. that work? You go to visit the schools mm-hmm. and is it an after school program or before school or nowadays school's so short, maybe. So at lunchtime, you could choose oh. to bring your lunch into the lounge and you could have meditation and bowls. Every school operates different. So it just depends on the administrative staff and what they want and how they want to manage it. But once you do it in one school, then the next school says, oh, I want to do that. And so then I would travel around. Um, Florence Crittenden, you know this group home? That I would go every Thursday. I see. And bring the bowls, teach yin yoga, because it's very meditative yoga, and then um, play the bowls. But we started to notice changes in behavior, like... The children beginning to say, okay, I can quiet my my mind and take some of these destructive thoughts and change them into a positive thought. Do they ever cast them away, like just get rid of them, or do they actually twist them, the thoughts? I think what happens when you're first beginning, you just, you do what you can. So it's such a long road when you're doing meditation. It's a never-ending exercise or lifestyle. And maybe even uh, something that grows inside you over time. It does. And as you practice more and more and more, you it becomes easier. In the beginning, it's very difficult to mm. shut off the thoughts because your mind is trained like you said, to be online and open constantly. Opening the files. Well, I think that's the problem. It's that the mind isn't trained and meditation is a way to train the mind. To train your brain, yeah. So it's it's so funny that we spend all this time learning math and science and uh, history, but we don't focus and, and, you know, how how to fix a car. We learn about that more than we learn about how to fix our own brains. Yes. And the cognitive science, because... It's not heat stroke if James doesn't bring up cognitive cognitive science. <laughs> uh, you know, is, is 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 showing us how how scattered our brains are, and we don't. You know, there is no thinker of the thoughts. It's and trying to control that, understand that, gives us more clarity. Yes. But uh, and and I was thinking when you were talking meditation, you, it's a it's a learned practice. It's learning how to cope with all this noise and yes. helping to turn it off. And I think it helps just to recognize that it's noise. Yes, to recognize the noise. Well, it's interesting that you come from a musical family. You're musical. You're going to play for us in a little bit. Um, But I personally have always found music as a way to meditate. Yes. So for example is, I'm not talking about where I'm trying to learn my skill. I already have certain skills and certain instruments. And so now I'm trying to get to a point where I'm just trying to fine tune and just play the music for what it is. And this is going to sound disgusting. I find myself drooling sometimes because I'm just so in the moment. I've just yes. lost all control of everything. I'm just so 
listening to the tones mm. and the whole world doesn't matter right now because yes. this is the moment and I and weird things happen I just relaxed I I'm don't s- I'm yeah. so happy that you said this is the moment because I would like to say something the moment is all you really have yeah and in each next moment that's it your you have you there's no past and no future there's just right now you and you and I have no idea if the world still exists out there. This is all we know, our present. That's also part of meditation, being aware in your present state and being happy with it. Happy is the hardest part. Appreciating the now, not catapulting so far ahead because it hasn't come and things change. Or dwelling in the past. Yeah, or dwelling in what is already gone. You cannot go back and change it or fix it or alter it. So why why go there? And that's the moment of clarity when you realize all these thoughts in your head, you're not really causing them, but you can suppress them yes. and then you can let go of them. And then you can be in the moment. Yes. And that's, yeah, that's I mean, I'm obviously not making this. This is all comes from Buddhism, uh, Buddhism yeah. meditation. Also, Sufism, which mm-hmm. is something that I connect to. Do you know about Sufi? Very little. Okay. Would you expand on it? Sufism is like the esoteric part of, um, I guess, Islamic belief system, sort of, but not completely. It's Persian, yes? Yes. Okay. So... It is where you want to connect into that which is beyond you so that you can have a higher understanding of of your single purpose for even being born. It is also where you want to extrapolate love from yourself out into the world. The cosmos almost. Yeah. Yeah. The, okay, the thing is, when you're when you're meditating, yeah, and you're trying to radiate, I, I call them like good vibes, just to break it down to the yeah, way I was raised. That's a good term. Yeah, just vi- good vibe. Trying to put out the good vibes. We go through our life, and I at least I think I try my best to do like good deeds and stuff, and and try to create that good vibe. But that's not the same when you sit there and you and you're in a state where you're re- just relaxed. And you're just trying to put out good energy. Yeah. I feel like when you're done with that exercise or that that time, that moment that you spent, I feel like if you're like in a room, that whole room feels good. Yes. It's almost and transcendent. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's it's almost like, and I don't know if you are big into believing about spirits, but I feel like you're almost creating a spirit just by thinking about the energy. Um it's almost like you're connected to, and it's so weird because if you say you meditate in a sp- specific area. So for example, when I was a kid, I used to go up to Sedona a lot and yeah. spend some time up there by myself. Mm. And there's like a little area there. And I, I've been there so many times. Now, if I go there, I feel it before I even get there. Oh, Is that weird? I love that. That's connection. Yeah. Yes. Anyways, so it's, it's so cool that you're, you're pulling that in with our teens because right now I feel like 
the teens in the United States, maybe worldwide, but they're lost. They want to be connected. They feel connected because they have this machine in front of them with a flat screen. But in actuality, they're angry. Yeah. And um, when I you talk to them. I would say sad too. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a, there's a feeling within them of hopelessness sometimes. Yeah, like there's, there's nothing they can do about it. The yeah. world they live in. It's yeah. just out of their control. It's because they're so disconnected. Yes. I almost this feel is, like they've come out of war. I know. Am I wrong? If I feel like the result we're going to get from our youth will be the same results as the youth that came out of like World War II. I don't know. They're going to be that. I think it's I think it's worse in some ways because they don't have any experience. It's a lack of it's it's like a, a blank slate that didn't get filled in. And, the, and there's an even there's just it's I think it's harder to find a path. And this is the one of the saddest things. And I haven't confirmed this statistic yet, but I heard from a relatively. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Melinda. Oh, I would like to touch on manners. Because I noticed that they lack manners also. That's just teenagers. <laughs> no, 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 no. She's, she's right. We And we've talked about this before. Yeah, I feel that. So if I take myself, my parents would not have tolerated me not having good manners. Same here. But I don't notice the younger, the youth, having that same... Um, philosophy cast upon them they they say what they want and there are no boundaries sometimes like sometimes or all the time <laughs> well they're very insulated and they don't understand oh i think i don't think most people understand that manners is the lubricant of society and yes. absolutely and, and we've talked a little bit about this before there they manners allow you to communicate with other people that you don't know that have different customs that don't think that you, the way you do it's a mechanism for communicating with other people and when you don't have that you can't communicate and you shut down so when we the three of us as older people i'm sorry melinda i shouldn't have gripped you in with us old people but i'm older than both of you so it's okay no yeah that's nonsense um i am you're 37 that does not mean you're older than the rest of us <laughs> okay you don't have to give your go age go all the way up <laughs> go all the way up <laughs> well i'm 50 how old are you christopher I'm like a deck of cards. Okay. <laughs> so like I said, I'm older than both of okay. you. <laughs> um, but when we talk to young kids, it's so easy to, or not easy, but it, it just happens. We intimidate them by just talking to them because they don't know how to deal with it because they don't have manners and manners allow you to deal with talking to other people. Um, I think it's interesting that the schools are benefiting from you coming and visiting. I think it's a nice way and you might all hate me now for saying this, but the problem I think with the manners is our society and most Western civilization has lost faith. Mm. And then when I mean faith, it could be whatever their upbringing was. So like if they're Muslim, they've lost that faith. If they're Christian, they've lost that faith. If they're Buddhist, they just don't even know what that means anymore. Yeah. And so that plays out in their manners. And in, in like the, the problem is, they don't realize that it manners to their peers is even really pretty bad. Like I hear the way they talk to each other in my day, <laughs> that's going to sound terrible, but in my day, even if a buddy said certain, uh, certain words in a certain manner, he was going to get it in the eye, you know? <laughs> well, let's say on the chin. All right. On the chin. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, uh, I, I don't think that's. But these I don't kids see, just okay. blatantly beat each other up. Well, I mean, part of that is youth, and I, I do that with my friends. I mean, I be, I verbally pummel you all the time, but we know we're <laughs> kidding. I mean, that's that's the mark of a real friend is that you can really dig into them, yeah. and there are no holds barred. <laughs> um, but I don't think that's there's a correlation with faith, except in that, uh, not directly anyway, I think there may be a direct correlation in that if you're in a faith community and you're going to uh, regular services of some kind or another, that at least exposes you to a group of other people. And you have, and now you have a way, you learn a way to interact with people. You, you probably don't even realize it, but uh, even just taking someone to any kind of gathering uh, exposes kids to interacting with other people. And if you don't have faith and you don't have any, any other kind of mechanism for that, like, I don't know, the Boy Scouts, um, shameless plug for the Boy Scouts, uh, then you don't have any way of, of interacting with people. And, and, you know, as an agnostic, I don't really particularly care for the organized religions, but I do see that they build and foster communities. But they also, um, faith also breeds a creed. Even if you are agnostic or atheist, um, going along with the manners, everybody needs a creed to live by. If you don't, I feel like you're lost in the wilderness. Right. It, it sets social <laughs> yeah. norms. Even if those social norms may not be uh, great, it's still better to have a social norm than not. Right. Yeah. Because then it's chaotic. Chaos is the worst. Yeah. And everyone's everywhere and there's no direction. As a creator, chaos is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but tell me if I'm wrong. And this, I think uh, yoga is the king of this. Is that um, when you do sit down and go through the process, um, you're almost part of the chaos in the beginning. I mean, because you're you're in a room and anything can happen. And and it, typically the yoga rooms that I've been into are very large spaces, right? So really anything can happen there. But yet at the same time, you try to focus and you you pull your focus out of the chaos. Yes. If, if everything's already focused. Like, like when you're in a classroom and you're teaching math, there's no meditating. The focus oh, I, is there. I, it's oh already no. organized. Now you're locked into whatever track somebody else has for you. But when you go into yoga, the world is chaotic and you can choose what you want to focus on. It could be a flower. It could be, it could be the ocean. It could be the breeze. It could be an instrument. Yeah. But when you, so I, it's, it's interesting that you said, and as an artist, chaos is king. I get whatever you said, but that's the great thing about yoga. There is chaos and you get to choose your focus. Yeah. And hopefully it's a positive one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Christopher. You, I, I just totally disagree with you on the classroom thing. I, I never, I, I think the first time I started meditating was in history class when I, I would zone out. I was Don't able to completely block in. out. I was, sleep, I was able to. I was meditation. able to, I was able to completely block out whatever the teacher was saying <laughs> and just be one with the universe, some, <laughs> some other universe outside of that classroom. And I came away not remembering a damn thing from it. So obviously I was somewhere else, just not there. Really? Or were you doodling? Are you, were you oh, the doodle on oh, the desk actually, kid? yeah, no, my, my, uh, one time when my, our history, eighth grade history teacher was in the process of giving me detention for not turning in my homework, he can't, he noticed it. James, you have the best doodles I've ever seen of anyone. <laughs> here's, your here's your detention. <laughs> so uh, you're in the classrooms or I mean, you're pulling kids during their lunch. I'm sorry. Yeah. In a separate. 
And it's in, it's in, where are you holding them at? Is it typically different at every school? It's always different. And it depends on the administrative staff and how they want to run it. And every school has like a different lounge, location, um, different type of students that might want to attend. You're really sending these kids off on a journey um, that you hope will continue after you no longer work with them. I mean, they are going to graduate someday. <laughs> My hope is that they take the tools and use them on their own and then teach someone else so that it continues to f- spread, yeah. you know, like to a friend, Oh, you're having anxiety. Let me teach you something I learned. Perhaps it might help you. Hey, let's take another break and we'll come back with uh, Melinda on her do bowls. Do we do the bowls? Yes. Yes. All right, great. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I am too. <laughs> You've been in your house so long, you don't even remember what the sun looked like. But you ain't ready to leave those four walls. But you're sure tired of looking at that dim floor. It ugly. ugly. And you want something a little more interesting. Well, you should check out Doorages when you want an outrageous floor. We got all kinds of fun patterns like, like flying monkeys. And some of my favorite, paisleys and bubblegum balls. We got pizza floor, pepperoni if you like it. If you're still learning how to read, we got alphabet floor. And that ain't spilt soup. We got covered wagons with horses. We got grapefruit and green grass. Fire trucks and fireflies. We got chicken for your kitchen. And we got a floor to look like you're floating in outer space, staring at a big old Saturn and even possibly Uranus. Keep your mind clean and come on down and go rages for some go outrageous flooring. Woo-hoo! That's G-O-R-A-G-E-O-U-S dot com. See you soon. We have quite a nice setup right here, don't we? So what do we have in front of us? Uh, Four sound bowls. Um, And do you want the key? I brought C, E, A, and G. And I noticed the inside of some of them have colors. Is there any significance of that? Just how they were created. And so these these are glass. And they resonate remarkably well. And uh, oh, they're crystal. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I had the pleasure to have a small um, session with Melinda a couple of years ago. Nice. Where she meditated me. <laughs> and I don't want to get too deep into it, but um, if you've been listening to her voice, I think by now you've gotten the sense that she's a very calm person. And that session was like being transformed into her voice. Ah. Yes. Because she talks you through it and she uses the bowls as a, a mechanism to also relax and declutter your mind. Uh, yeah, so let's, uh, let's hear the bowls, Melinda. Okay, first I would like to say I am so happy to be with both of you. You're the two nicest men, so thank you for inviting me. Thank oh, you for you're being welcome. here. Thanks for coming. So, to begin, if you could close your eyes and take a breath in through your nose 
and then out through your mouth. And then another breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. Begin to soften your body. Just feel behind your eyes softening. Come down to your throat and feel your throat softening. And now the top of your shoulders begin to soften your shoulders. Begin to feel your arms softening. Go all the way down to your waist and soften. Using your imagination, visualize that I am rubbing in the center of your foot, the right foot. Removing all toxins from your body.
yourself to remove thoughts if you are able to. It's okay if you cannot. Hear the tone. Going back to the top of your head. Begin to soften behind your eyes again. Feel the gentle breeze on your face. All is well. Visualize all always being well with you and your family. When you are ready, softly and gently open your eyes. How was it? Was it good? When you started talking about the ankles, yeah, all of a sudden I could smell the sweetness in the air. And it didn't sound like the orange, it did not smell like the uh, orange blossoms, but I, something sweet was in there. I all of a sudden noticed for no reason. I don't know which one of the bowls you had wrong, but all of a sudden I could really smell the sweetness in the air. Yeah. You know, when you let go of your thoughts, you're able to uh, take sensory information a little bit more clearly, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think when you're not thinking about what your next thought should be, you can hear and smell and feel. Yeah. Connecting to the breath is so important because it is a way you're so focused on breathing that thoughts don't have time to pop in. Not completely. That's thank, the focus. Thank you for allowing me to do that. Thank, no, you. thank you for having us with you today. Yeah. Do we want to stop there? I'm trying to be more sarcastic, but I'm feeling it a little bit difficult without all the noise because my sarcasm comes from the noise and finding parts of the different noise that uh, are funny. But you've drained that from me, Melinda, so I'm not sure what to do now. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm just so glad you came. Well, let's just end there today. All right. Thank you for coming, Melinda. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for the coffee, Christopher. I couldn't think of two nicer 
gentleman to be with, so thank you. <laughs> I think you're being too nice. No, it's true. Oh, thank you. All right, we'll see you all next week. Heatstroke is brought to you by Markers in Motion. If you'd like to contact Heatstroke, go to heatstrokepodcast.com. Coffee.